0: You're listening to the Pigskin Cafe, a podcast covering the wild world of college football. On tap for today are hot takes, controversy, and analysis on your favorite team. Pull up a seat, and your host, Hampton Sipper, will be with you in three, two, one.
1: And we are back and this time in video welcome back into the pigskin cafe my name is hampton sipper and i will be your host this evening and joining me today back in the saddle again is the reddit extraordinaire himself mr chase haney chase how are we doing tonight man
0: hey man so good to be back i mean i just think about when you read your bible you know you get towards the end of the old testament and even though god is silent does not mean that he is no longer there so we're back and, uh, man, it's, it's, uh, man, it's exciting, dude. I mean, we take we find so much joy in this. Glad to be back. Excited to have some friends on. Excited to have, uh, man, even some family, you know, with Graham. But, uh, dude, I know we just get so much joy out of this. And, man, I want to introduce our first guest. I don't know if we could ever start off with anybody better than Coach Hayes, who has only increased and been humble enough to, um, man, come on here and be another guest i mean i really feel like i'm a i'm a pebble over here introducing a mountain which i have no right to do that but whoa really there. glad that he's here and uh coach can't we're so excited to to pick your brain but uh man just first of all just welcome so so glad that you're here
2: man i appreciate it man listen man we all family you guys had me on oh maybe right about two years ago am i right hampton somewhere in there Absolutely. yes sir mm-hmm. We were just voices in people's ears on the podcast. Now we're on video, baby. So <laughs> as they say, you quote the Bible, I'm quoting the Jeffersons. We're moving on up to the yeah. east
1: side.
2: I love it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm telling
1: you, all both are hitting, coming out swinging, throwing 99-mile-per-hour fastball. I'm going to have to keep up. Very nice. Very all nice. Cool. Yes, sir. Let's get right into it, talking a little college football. We're going to start with what was another unprecedented offseason for college football. I think we said that the year prior, but I think even more so this year with the advancement of NIL and kind of how that has become even more unregulated, more unruly. You got Nick Saban accusing Jimbo of buying his class and Jimbo coming out and saying that Saban should be slapped and that his mom and dad didn't do good, good job of raising them. Um, you got, Uh, conference realignment with USC and UCLA go into the Big Ten. And it's just a lot of upheaval all at once with, in my opinion, money being the driving factor, not the fans, not the game's best interest. So I want to ask you, Coach, mainly Mm -hmm. about conference realignment to begin with. What do you make of it as far as do you think it's good for the game of college football? And secondly, if you don't think it's good,
2: Tell me why. Um, it's hard to really say cause it is so new, right? So this is all total speculation when you look at, and a lot of people get caught in the names, right? Because we're used to the tradition of conferences, you know, big 10 played a certain way. SEC plays a certain way. ACC plays a certain way. Pac-12 plays a certain way. So when you start thinking about, uh, Man, bringing USC over to the Big Ten. Well, wait a minute. They don't play Big Ten type football, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where for the old heads like myself, uh, we, we don't like change. Right. And so the millennial and what do call it? The Gen Z's. I don't think they care either way because they don't understand the tradition of the conferences. Mm-hmm. Those are just titles to them but they don't truly understand, you know, the the ground and pound game of the big 10 and the big burly linebackers, right? They don't understand the speed of the sec versus the ACC, you know, those type of things. Mm -hmm. So to answer your question, I think it is good and I do think it's bad. So I'll kind of elaborate on both on the good side of it. uh, You may start to see some parity in college football, right? You're starting to see some things even out uh, maybe because of the NIL deals. Um, We know what they're intended for, but are they being used that way properly? I don't think so. They found a loophole in the system. The NCAA uh, was very vague, I believe, and I think they only have two rules, which is the school can't get involved, and uh, I don't know, something else they threw against the wall. So it's not really anything concrete like a set of rules that people really have to follow um, in that sense. And and now you're starting to hear – these guys are making promises to these players, i.e., Jordan, uh, uh, what's his name? Not David. Jordan, Jordan Addison. Jordan Addison that went out mm-hmm. to the USC from Pittsburgh, and they're saying, Oh, you're not paying. They're not they, they, the deal didn't go through. So it, it's a lot of unknown in this, um, in that sense. So to to your point, to the good is it brings a lot of um crossover from regions, you know, bringing the West Coast to the East Coast, East Coast to the West Coast, and you get guys out of their traditional game sets, right? You know, Ohio State playing in the Midwest, uh, you know, Alabama playing the SEC, the, kind of the Southeastern part of the country, hence the Southeastern Conference. So uh, that is the good thing that you get eyes from all over the country watching these games. On the bad mm-hmm. side is what's happening, what we see right now. Uh, versus the nil deals things not happening that's a lot of uh you know the blind leading the blind well i'm just gonna try this and see if it works and if nobody says anything we'll keep doing it mm-hmm. um you know you got players coming in now they're not getting paid now that's gonna be an issue are we gonna have holdouts now well look if y'all not gonna pay me i'm not playing you know there's a lot of craziness going on um and then the bad thing is too how do you look at rivalries right? Everybody's used to the certain rivalries within the conference. If you get these mega conferences or these super conferences and now that all changes, but all things change over time. So that's my, that's, those are pretty much my key points when it comes to the good and bad of these quote unquote mega conferences. Yeah. And I think, Oh, go ahead, Chase.
0: I was going to hop in. I think that uh you were talking about just kind of the difference between people who are used to, what the big 10 style football is. And, you know, that's not West coast. And there's this kind of this regional play style that has developed. And I think that when you're trying to explain this to someone who I, I would say is a little bit younger than Hampton and I, like, I, like we're, I'm 25, Hampton's 24, but like, when you're really talking to an 18 year old who's being recruited right now, I mean, you're trying to convince them that the big 10, you're trying to explain what it is and it's hard to explain to them why the big 10 has more than 10 teams in there. And same with the big, like Mm -hmm. these kind of little nuances that it's, it's, it's hard to really put anything behind it and tell why it actually matters. And Hampton, I I want, I want to kind of throw it to you because you mentioned the the biggest point here is that the driving factor seems to be simply money Mm
2: -hmm. and
0: it's, it's greed, but it's, it's one of those things, there's been some good of it, of it's like some, the NCAA, the schools, they're the, you know, the, the TV provide, like, you know, in NBC, ESPN, Fox, they're the ones getting all this money. And there has been a little mm-hmm. bit of parity to where at least the players are getting some money here. But mm-hmm. what we see is that now it's, all right, now how can we reshape football so that we can make even more money? And I mean, I, I think that, yes, we can look at this from just a college perspective, but like just a college football perspective, but we can't, disregard what it's going to do to college basketball and what it's going to do to the other sports that you're going to have these deals that are, I mean, man, I mean, we're really going to see, especially with some of these women's sports, it's going to be really interesting to see how this all plays out. But I want to hear what you have to say about just this money and it being the driving factor. Because like I said, I think there's some good to it, but there's, there's some evil to it. There's the bad to it. that's really going to hurt college Mm -hmm. football. What do you think?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head. I think the people making these decisions don't love college football. They love the money that comes from college football, but they don't love the game that we three love. They don't love the tradition, the pageantry, the regionality of those matchups. With all these super conferences come together, you're going to have, you know, Wisconsin playing USC. What history did they have? I mean, am I going to sit down and watch it and have a good time? Absolutely, I am. But team, like, could you imagine if Alabama didn't play LSU every year? Could you imagine if they didn't play Tennessee and they played, um, you know, Iowa every year? Like, it wouldn't have the same effect, the same excitement that you get for those, you know, regional games. And I've heard so many people say, well, we want to change college football because it's not like the other sports. Well, in my opinion, that's the beauty of it. The beauty of it is it's not like other sports. Every game matters. The regular regular season matters. Like, why are we trying to strip away what makes it so great? And at the end of it all, with the money component, like you said, not only is it going to affect football, it's going to affect other sports like women's basketball, like tennis. And you're going to be stripping away opportunities of hundreds of thousands of kids who, for instance, even for the lower football programs, who aren't going to be able to compete with, you know, the schools and the programs that can provide the NIL money that, you know, the Blue Bloods can. They're going to be you know, hundreds of thousands of kids that aren't going to have an opportunity to go to school. Football was their avenue, their scholarship to pay their way and you know get an education and do better for themselves and that's going to be stripped away and i don't think that is being taken into account because it's all about the dollar bill signs what do you make of that coach
2: yeah i mean i do agree i I think that this thing is going to be a lot bigger than all of us um one thing people don't care about is our feelings they look at the road way down there right um And I have to say this, things change, right? So before Mm -hmm. you guys, I'm about 20 years older than all of you guys. But but if you look at football, right, it was the same thing at Miami when we was like the Big East, get out the Big East, huh? You know, Miami was Big East, like that was a big deal. Here's what I know, people will adapt um, and people will because we have to, right? And just like you said, Hampton, that you know i guess to your point will you still enjoy the wisconsin game you definitely will and eventually it becomes the norm um mm-hmm. and so that's what happens down the road H- here's something and again money runs everything we know this we understand this and that's what it is um when it comes to sport because people don't realize sport and entertainment right it is all one and the same is yep. that you know, look, we're using these guys. This is a form of entertainment. This is no different than when uh Beyonce goes on tour, she's going to pick certain cities that's going to generate certain amount of dollars. She's not going, lack of a better term, she may not go to uh Tuscaloosa for her concert.
1: Hey now, coach. <laughs> no, no, Keep no. Listen. But, she, <laughs> but
2: she definitely but she definitely would go to Birmingham, which is 45 minutes from Tuscaloosa, because it generates more dollars. And that's what I'll just, you know, I had to had to get a little chance. Hey, we
1: have yeah, a beautiful but, amphitheater outside, well lit. I mean, who wouldn't want to play there?
2: But the problem is, could it hold the beehive? That's yes, right. <laughs> right. You know what I mean. That when the beehive come in, they come in. They come in, you know, hundred thousand strong. And so know, Brian, now, he
0: can hold that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, and so those are the things that happens, right? That's all business, and that's what these people are. If you look at the people that are in charge of conferences, they're not former coaches. These are these are political leaders. You hear about mm-hmm. Condoleezza Rice trying to take over the Big Ten. Right. She was in Congress and all of this. I'm just saying these are the people yeah. because they are looking at it for political and they're looking at it in business ventures. And that's what we have to understand. It's not the game of that we love and the fresh cut grass and throwing the ball and the brotherhood. That's cool for us. But over here. It's how many uh behinds can we put in the seats? How many dollars can we sell? And how much money can we make off hot dogs? And that's what it's all about at the end of the day.
0: Mm-hmm. And I mean, I really wonder, and I kind of will throw this back to both of y'all. So I mean, just just due to this like this discussion, maybe to kind of put a little bit of a bow on it of just like where do you where do you land on this? Do you think that the system now is more broken or just, are we just is it just new? Is it new? In the sense of it's just going to be different, we're going to adapt, like you said, or do you truthfully think that it's more broken and we're going to have a whole lot more that we're going to have to fix now before we get to our final product that maybe we'll enjoy five years, 10 years down the road? Hampton, I'll let you go first.
1: I think it's broken, and I think the two the two is already out of the two. Now, does that mean that Hampton Sippers aren't going to sit down on Saturday and from 11 to 11 watch college football, enjoy it, cover it, and follow it like I have for my 24 years I've been granted on this earth? Absolutely not. I'm going to be totally engaged. But I think it's just going to lose a core essence of what college football is to me. And now I get what you're saying, Coach Hayes, about being willing to adapt I mean, in my lifetime, the Big East is going away. You know, Missouri and A&M came into the SEC. So there's been some movement. Oklahoma and Texas are coming into the SEC now. But if we get to the point where it's two super conferences, it's the Big Ten and the SEC, 20 to 30 teams each, I feel like we're going to have NFL light, and the it's going to be a totally different game. You know, the regular season will not matter as much. Um, And I think I'm just not okay with that as a fan. Now, you know, I will adapt. I will learn to love it. But I don't think it's the best move forward for college football because, in my opinion, I think the BCS era is the prime college football era. I feel like people had the least to complain about then other than if the third team got left out of the BCS championship, shout out Auburn, 2004, but that to me is my favorite era of college football. And I think since we've introduced playoff and all these other things, there've been moves made without consequences really thought out. And the ramifications down the line have not been, acknowledged or noticed, in my opinion. And I think that's kind of where we're at now. But I feel like Coach Hayes is going to have a little bit of pushback on me on this one.
2: Um, No, not much pushback. I, I just look at things that here's what I I've under, I understand. And and you're talking about the BCS era. And I'm just looking this up. I'm trying to remember who uh, LSU played for the national championship that year. They had to be Ohio early. State
1: in 07.
2: Okay, so they play Ohio State in 07. Uh-huh. Do you remember who? Do you remember who was the co uh, uh, national champion that year? That year,
1: um, let's see. Georgia was really good that year. Hawaii, West
2: Virginia, Pittsburgh. No, it was USC, if I'm not mistaken, right? But you, know was it? Oh seven. When was the last one they won? I'm trying to remember both. Oh remember no, you are talking
1: about LSU. 03 when Saban 03. won the championship. USC That's was correct. the co absolutely.
2: And you're the co-champion, didn't even play in the championship game. Like yeah, I, I don't like, like that. But that I didn't understand at all. I'm like, mm-hmm. you thought they were that good, then let the two play. It, 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 it's half, mm-hmm. you know, It was a half a dozen in one hand, half a dozen in the other. It's like, I don't know because there's so many teams, right, and you're playing, mm-hmm. but here's what I will say. When we look at football and we look at people that make decisions, these guys are not stupid. We just don't know the entire playbook. We don't know the entire plan just yet. Uh, yes, I believe it's a money structure. And I do believe that. But uh, when it comes to what I'm saying, money structure, meaning like what they're doing, we just don't mm-hmm. know the, the long term plan. What is the next three, four five year plan when it comes to this deal? And I think that's where the fan bases are in an uproar. Like, well, I don't know. Tell me what's going on. And uh-huh. we don't know. So it, cr- it creates a ton of speculation out there. And that's a big issue, but you look at Texas A&M when they slid into the SEC. Some people are like, eh, yeah, but then they dealt with it, right? And now, yeah. what Texas A&M is part of the big SEC powerhouse. You know what I mean? When it was Big 12, oh, they don't play any defense. Everybody just throw the ball around the yard, <laughs> yada, 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 right? I mean, yeah. there's just so many things, man, that change in this game, um, and and it's just crazy. It's it's just crazy that. We'll start to see this change. And like you said, we'll learn to love it because we have no choice Because we're not going to cut the television. off. That's not going to happen. You know, Um, Mm -hmm. and and to the power conference piece, I believe it is going towards the NFL. I believe they're going to rebrand it from big 10 and sec to how they use AFC NFC. They may call it something, whatever, like the two different versions just Mm -hmm. to give it a different name and, we'll lose them just like we lost the big East, those names, you know, that, that will happen Um, in that sense. And yeah, you'll, you'll get those type of deals. And I really think that'll happen. What I do believe you will start getting three tiers of division one college football. You're going to get these two mega conferences. And then like your um, lower tier, maybe division one programs. Let's just take like uh, Duke, for example, in football. So Duke in football will fall to that mid tier division one level because they won't be able to compete with all these other schools. Mm -hmm. And then your lower tier, like your, you know, the FIUs, Louisiana, Monroe's and so forth will be now be the third tier. And I, I just kind of think because every conference has those type of teams, the, Mm -hmm. uh, I think the sec has maybe the Vanderbilt when it comes to football, no baseball is really strong. Academics are very strong. When you look over to the, uh, uh, you know, PAC, uh, 12 or whatever the case may be. I don't know. Arizona's always, yeah, they're a little tough going, but those type <laughs> of teams I think will fall off in that mm-hmm. sense, uh, and fall into that second tier row of FCS. And I think they'll have their own championships.
0: Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe this is this is something that I've just kind of started to think about. And uh, because, because, Coach, I think you're right, and I think that you're, you're, you're honestly probably even more on to the next question that I was, I was kind of thinking of is who caused this? Not not the NIL. Let's put that to a for a second. That was kind of coming down the pipe. Yeah. And I know that these contracts with the TV provide, like that drives a lot of this. But we're starting to see where, again, the cream's always going to rise to the top. Like you said, these w- what do you do with the Dukes? What do you do with the Vanderbilt's? What do you do with the Oregon State's? Those teams that no one really wants. You're going to start to see this cream rise to the top. But who do you think's kind of to blame for this realignment where it's like we no longer see value in having four strong, you know, maybe five, a group of five, like or power five, rather. That model is no longer preferable because now we see it shifting more towards two major conferences. Like if, not that you could really blame anyone, but what were the circumstances around lack, like this lackluster, you know, it's going to be better if we actually move to these two bigger conference models. Hampton, I, I'll let you kick it off just because we're kind of rolling here. But I mean, that's that's something that I don't think I've heard anyone really cover of who we really want to mm-hmm. kind of put the blame on and just say it's not really someone's fault. It's just this is how it played out and it stemmed from this.
1: Well, the thing that comes to mind for me at least, is that new deal that the SEC signed with ESPN. I think once that happened and every other conference saw the amount of money and the amount of revenue sharing that each SEC school could get, and then the Big Ten was like, well, we probably could get more from our FOX contract. I think that really attracted some other schools to think of what they were doing as far as – um you know, receiving money and that revenue sharing. I think that played a big part in it. Um, But I don't, honestly, I don't have a firm grip on that. So I'm going to kind of swing that to coach Hayes. That's my best off the top stab. And I think he might have a little more insight on that.
2: Yeah. How I look at it. So who is to actually blame? I think it's, um, it's the, I know this is going to sound crazy, but just follow me. The (laughs) viewers, the fans, viewers, okay, the viewers and fans. And I'm going to tell you why. Because it all goes back to the almighty dollar. How If you go back and look at statistics and data, and that's how everything is driven in today's world, right? The analytics. Mm-hmm. How many people cut the game off after Alabama is whooping Mercer at the half and go on about their Saturday? How many people cut a game off when they're playing Oklahoma State and, and they're killing them by 35-whatever? They cut the televisions off, right? Now, once you create these mega conferences, it should be closer games, more intense games, mm-hmm. more uh, just like people, right? More people watch the Super Bowl that don't watch football because these are the two best teams. More people probably watch heavyweight boxing more than they watch the featherweights because of the knockout per percentages. More people do more things when it comes to big time, uh, um. When it comes to big time competition, everybody wants to see the best against the best. And when it comes to SEC football, that's why they always call it the best, because a large percent of that conference are powerhouse programs. And that's what I believe has caused, to, to to your question, what caused this shift is we keep more people engaged, we keep people on longer, we can sell more ads. Right, so I can charge mm-hmm. more money in the in the two hour thirty minute mark of this game because the yeah. viewership is still here, right? I'm putting myself. Viewership is here at, at in the middle of the third quarter versus trying to get a bunch of money in the first second quarter. You know how it goes. Like probably yeah, pay yeah. less when you're in the end of the game because the, the the numbers go down, and that's how I look at it. So again, because it's all business, it's all mm-hmm. business.
0: Well, can, can I take a stab at this? Because I think I might actually have a little bit of a different approach. Okay, This is, this is what I was thinking. And, and again, I, I think that the, the money, I mean, the, the answer of money is, is, I mean, it's accurate in every single one of these. Y- y'all are spot on. I think that what I was thinking of whenever I asked that question is, and, I mean, you, you guys know this question. What would you say was the best, like, most iconic but somewhat recent national championship?
1: Uh 2017 Bama, Georgia.
0: That's fair. I I was thinking more of 2006, whenever USC and Texas played. That's a classic. I mean, just iconic that if you for a lot of college football fans, that was the the you I mean two massive programs Mm -hmm. that were going head. That's what everyone wanted to see every single week. I mean just Seeing Vince Young going into the, into the end zone was just iconic. I mean, you, you 20, can roll in your head 20. right now as you're hearing me say yeah. this. And then I think that there's this character that we can blame about everything good and bad when it comes to college football and who dethroned what we enjoyed so much. It, it was Nick Saban who killed Texas, you know,
2: right no, after no. that.
0: And then yeah. USC, you know, Pete Carroll leaves, and it's you've got these two – massive programs that were at the height of college football to huge fan bases and they come crumbling down mm-hmm. and so we start to see where there were these two conferences almost that were kind of built up and again there's just a nostalgia around it and I think that whenever USC in the Pac-12 just became that eight and four no one was really there to take hold of it they weren't represented in the national championship in how many years like it's been that long and really the big 12 hasn't really had much to offer either and I other think than oklahoma
1: it, no yeah
0: i mean i think that it really comes back to it, that's what's driving this is it's like you had those two at the top so many fans following them and when they came crumbling down i feel like that was the pivotal moment where we started to see some of this just start to shift. And I don't know if we can blame them for it. It's just an observation of when Texas and all their money didn't really know what to do because they weren't that good. Same with USC. College football, the the dynamics just started to change a little bit in the way that I guess that I'm viewing it. And I think that you see those two conferences become kind of lackluster and then you see these Mm -hmm. two other conferences – Then you have these media deals that are coming up and you start to see that these are getting injected with steroids and these other two are starting to decrease with still a fan base, but they're asking, Hey, what are we doing? Why are we here? Why are we over here having to fund Kansas's football program and Oklahoma and Oregon state's football program where we could go somewhere else and try to recreate. That's what our fans want. Hampton. I can Mm -hmm. see some discomfort on your face. So I'm not just, we can't just end here. I got to let you respond. how does that land? Because I know it's I know it's kind of far out there. I'm not saying that I would really marry this idea. I just think that something shifted in the conferences when those two were at the height of college football and it felt like they came crumbling down. What would you say?
1: Well, I mean, I definitely think you're onto to something for sure. I mean, those are two of the biggest blue bloods in college football. And I do think. That college football does hasn't have a Nick Saban problem as much as I love him, as much as I love for everything he's done for Alabama, for a lot of for every other fan base he's made it miserable. I mean he's won every other championship basically since he's been to Alabama, and as much as you know people say oh we love dynasties because we love having a villain we love having a mountain to chase I think a lot of the decisions being made are meant to impede or stop Saban, but instead of actually just being like, how about we just wait it out until when he retires? Because no matter what we do, no matter what rule change happens, I mean look at NIL. All right, look at NIL. People are like, this is going to be the downfall of Saban. All right. He criticizes Jimbo. He and people are saying, oh, he's complaining because Alabama doesn't have the money. Then this guy right here, Mr. Haney, Is talking about how Alabama's lost it, Saban's lost his touch. What does he do? He rips off a historic July, and now they're vaulted to the number one class. But NIL was done, you know, people are like, oh, this is the end of Nick Saban. The hurry up, no huddle offense. This is the end of Nick Saban. The college football playoff, the end of Nick Saban. And all these things are meant to stop him, and they're not stopping him. And honestly, to me, they're they're ruining the product a little bit.
2: Am I a little off base? What you think, coach? No, here's <laughs> what you have to understand. And, and no, you are not. And, and and you're a fan of him, and I totally get it. Yeah. The one thing about it, when you stand on the top of the mountain, there's not enough room for everybody. So people are gonna what True. throw rocks at you to knock you off. When mm-hmm. you're down amongst the the the, the, the people, you're okay because we all the same, right? Uh-huh. And it's one of those things the rich get richer, uh, in that sense. And Nick Saban, one thing about his coaching ability is not his X's and O's, his ability to foresee things happening. True. One of the most brilliant things he ever did was, and part of that was, you can't guys can't see it, I got backwards right here, was when he started coming into South Florida. He came into South Florida at the time when the internet began to take over recruiting. And that is what Larry Coker at Miami hurricanes did not understand. He thought people Mm -hmm. were going to come simply because the U was on their helmet and they just came out of a controversial national championship. They had just won one come out of a controversial national championship, which I beg to differ. I don't know. When when were you guys born, but you probably been two or three still in diapers running around, but that was like four or five. (laughs) That was a great game too because you had two big powerhouse programs. I totally get what you guys are saying about Texas, definitely. I mean, bro, even Alabama, Georgia, where they bring come on, Nick Saban has the, the guts to bring in the freshman tour uh, to throw the game winning TD in the back of the end zone. Like, what are we doing? Like, those games is, but that's what they're trying to emulate. But they're trying to emulate it week in and week out now. Mm-hmm. They're trying, to, they don't care about player safety, they don't care about players being tired. They don't care about that. They want a product that is almost and I, I literally just thought of this so my thoughts may be off, but almost to the hypeness of a UFC type concept. Every Saturday mm-hmm. it's a title fight somewhere mm-hmm. and if it's not a title fight it's a great bout being put on and the potential of somebody being knocked out and knocked off their throne. That's yeah. what I believe it's happening. They want to see the battle that you can knock someone off their throne and they come back next week and knock another, you know, it's, it's not just a clear cut winner weekend and week out. So, and to your point about saving, they may be trying to do that, but he's very witty. He's smart. And what he said when he was, uh, when Nick Saban was talking to those boosters, see, sometimes people do things and they don't care about the backlash because I got to get the message out. And you correct me if I'm wrong. He was in a room full of boosters. Am I correct? absolutely mm-hmm. and he he knew i got to take this shot he knew that what if i don't say this these guys are not going to understand because he has the foresight to see where college football is going these guys are old businessmen man what, what you need 5000 mm-hmm. nick here we go we're going to build a new facility mm-hmm. and a hologram machine yep he said, let me tell y'all something cuz he he said a very key word in there sustain he said we will not be able to sustain this if we don't do, if we don't make changes. And that was the key word in that whole speech.
1: Yeah. And I totally agree. And I think to, it's not really a pushback it's to add on to your point about you've been talking about the viewer and how viewers want to see more competitive games. And I totally agree with that. I just wonder, I think you could do that within the current structure of college football. Like if I'm the SEC and I know You know, this is me probably capping for Saban. But since like 2012, he has been pushing for a nine-game conference schedule, not like nine to ten-game conference schedule, because he knows the fans want more competitive games and more competitive outcomes. That's why we, you know, they're kind of moving away from neutral site games. We're going to more home and home. So you have at least 10 to 11 competitive games each year, um, for the fan, the players enjoy playing in a more. They don't need, I mean, look, Saban wants every player to treat every game like it's the same. But let's be honest, they ain't getting jazzed up to play Austin P, man. I mean, they're just not. Um, now, he wants them to. He wants them to prepare the same way. But it's just human nature. You're not going to get up for that game. And he is kind of going back to in 2020 when we did the all-conference schedule. Now, That season was missing a lot because we didn't have fans in the stands and all that kind of stuff. But every game was a marquee matchup in a way because it was, you know, conference um, opponents. Now, not every game was competitive, but it was big time matchups. And I think we could do that within the current structure without just ripping the Band-Aid off and doing a whole, you know, fixer upper house and then coming up and pulling it, and it looks like a haunted house down Elm Street. I think we can do it within the current structure. What do you think about that? And then we'll kind of end it you know, end it there.
2: All right. I'll just simply say you're 100% correct in the SEC. It's not mm-hmm. like that in the Pac-12. It's not like that in the ACC. It's not like that in the Big 12. It's only two big dogs in the Big 12, Texas and Texas A&M. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Texas, I mean, Oklahoma. I mean, sorry, Oklahoma, yeah. But, I mean, well, we're hey, talking
1: about – Hey, yo,
2: yeah. What about the Bears, yeah, now? <laughs> yeah, well, 3 was running that thing, man. Yeah, but no, I mean, I'm just saying. But, ahead, no, but, but, but that but But that's it. See, we're looking at SEC, which, again, regionally, there's a lot of talent in this talent pool of the southeastern part of this country. And mm-hmm. so therefore they are reaping the benefits. And so you're going to have more competitive games. The SEC comes in. I mean, the ACC comes in here as well, but it kind of ventures up to the East coast a little bit in the sense, you know, the, the, the up to, up to deal. Um, and that's why these two teams were picked. I mean, the two conferences were picked the big 10 because of their competitive nature and the amount of good teams they have in it. And the SEC because of the amount of good teams they have in it. So let's add the top two teams out of where, the Big Twelve over here. Let's add the top two teams out of the Pac twelve over here. You're going to get. I guarantee you're going to get the top teams out of the ACC into the SEC, and those other teams will fall off and be the second tier of Division one, in my eyes. That's how I'm just anticipating.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Great, great counterpoint, Chase. You got anything more to add, buddy?
0: Man, I think maybe something we could even do poll on just to kind of cap off this. Hey, we got teams moving in. Is there anybody who gets kicked out? Anybody yeah, who gets kicked out? You got your reaction? Do you, do you think anybody who gets kicked out in the next five years, those two to big conferences?
2: Yes, they'll have to because you have too many, so you're yeah. going to have to get rid of some guys. Um, and again, it, a lot of it may come back to the data, right? The viewership, yeah. uh, what you bring in, what do you contribute to the conference? Like I said, it, 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 this is not a, a soup kitchen, we're not here to breaking all this money and they keep feeding you like you say while we keep feeding kansas and they're they're bringing in one percent of the money but they're getting an equal share of the pie
0: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely okay. we'll see had heard that conversation yet we're just gonna have to hold on and see so Hanfield, yeah you man, let us let us take us out because i think we got another episode coming later this week but maybe the same crew i think you might be right i think you might be right
1: and. Coach, that was a great discussion on conference realignment, really enlightening. I think from your side, you provided some counter um, points of view that I hadn't thought of and that I'm sure Chase did the same thing, providing some new perspective and really enjoyed that conversation. So for everyone out there watching, be sure to subscribe. To our YouTube channel, give us a like, give us a comment. We're at the Pigskin Cafe. Um, We're also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, Coach, tell everybody where they can find you online.
2: Man, you can find me at Coach Hayes Football on every platform pretty much. They're all the same. So all you do is Google me. You'll see this logo. Where is it? Right here on my chest. There it is. All you gotta do is go ahead and hit the subscribe button. We're on the road to 25K before the first kickoff of the season. We're about, we're about 300 short, so we need everybody to just go ahead and hit that free button. Cost nothing. Coach giving out free subscribe buttons. <laughs> yes, <bro. laughs> what a guy! What kitchen, a guy. <laughs> Let is. me be the soup kitchen. Let That's me right. be. The soup.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. Well, everybody, go support Coach Hayes. And we hope you come back for part two of our discussion with him as we kind of dig into the 2022 season. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And we will talk to you again very, very soon.